Well, it's good to see you today. I want you to take your Bibles, if you would, and turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. It's in the New Testament, Galatians chapter 6. We're ending our series this weekend on seasons. And today I want to talk to you about the season of reward, how to get what it is that you're sowing for, how to get what it is that you're believing for, how to achieve the dream that's in your heart, how to, to, to get the desire that's in you that become a reality. The Bible speaks about this, and it talks about it in seasons. And again, I, I can't recap all the messages that we've done. Uh, I can tell you, you can go online and check all those out at lifechurchwi.com. But today I want to talk to you about how do you get your reward, the season of reward. Um, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible says this, Let us not become weary in doing good. That's an interesting statement to me. For at the proper time, or your version of the Bible may read, at due season. I actually like that version a little bit better. At due season, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. This is, this is a scripture that I think gives you the keys and gives me the keys on how we uh, overcome, how we get to the season of reward in our life. How do we become successful with what it is that God's put in our heart? The first thing that, that, that Paul writes to the church in Galatia is this, don't become weary in doing good. Don't become weary in well-doing, one version says. Why would he say that? That's kind of an interesting statement. I thought if you do good, that's always going to make you happy and joyful and and, and it's always going to be easy. And if you're doing the right thing, won't it all just come together? No, not necessarily. Matter of fact, sometimes if you're not careful, the work of God can kill the work of God in you. It's occupational hazard if you're in vocational ministry. That sometimes it becomes very much a strain or a weight in doing good. If it was easy to be a Christian, everybody would do it. If it was easy to follow Jesus, everybody would do it. If it was easy to be a moral person without sin, everybody would do it. But the reality is we know that it's not. We know that we war against our flesh. We know that even in our own lives as Christ followers, we may be serving the Lord for 20 or 30 or 40 years, but there are times where what we do, what we want to do, we don't do what we don't want to do, we find ourselves doing. And there is this war. There is this struggle. It is not easy. It goes against the grain. It goes against your flesh to do good. And, but we are to be good soldiers, Paul says. We're, we're to be followers of Jesus. We're to be imitators of Jesus. We are to follow him and to listen to him and to look to him. And the more that you do that, the more you realize it's tough to walk out the Bible. It's not easy to follow Jesus. It's easy to get saved. It's easy to ask Jesus into your heart and your life. Salvation is free. It doesn't cost you anything. But following Jesus costs you everything. And I like to say it like this. Following Jesus is kind of like a Tupperware dish. You get all three corners down and you're burping the fourth one to get it down and another one pops up. It's like, what happened? It, it just, it's sometimes you just feel like you've got the world by the tail and other times you feel like the world has you by the tail. And so Paul says, look, don't become weary. Don't get worn out. Don't get exhausted in doing good. Keep your pace. You know, Solomon says that the, in, in the book of Proverbs that the race is not to the swift or to the strong but to the one that endures to the end. The second thing he says is at proper time or in due season, you're going to have your harvest. In proper time or in due season, you're going to get your reward. 
in due season, which means there's an appointed time that this is going to happen. There's a time when you're sowing of seed. There's a time of your work and your toil. There's a time where God sees what you're doing. Promotion doesn't come from the east or from the west, but from God above. And God sees all things and knows all things. And there's a time where God begins to open those doors, where things begin to happen, where the flywheel catches and all of a sudden, momentum is caught. And all of a sudden, there's, there's inertia. There, there's a momentum. There's a, there, there's a forward motion. There, there, there's there's, a, there's an, just a, a power that comes into your life. But you and I don't get to control that. We don't get to say that. That's God. We, we talked about that a couple weekends ago, that, that he's the one. We read that in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, that he is the one, that he's the one that raises up kings and brings down kingdoms, that he's the one that gives promotion, that he's the one, that he's the one that changes the times and the seasons, Daniel 2, 21 says. So there's a proper time, there's a due season. So I don't control the season, but what I do control is am I becoming weary? I don't control the time, but what I do control is am I continuing forward? I don't control the, 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 how God sees and what all how he rewards, but what I do know is that God's not a man that he would lie. What I do know is that God's in control. And so what I do know is my responsibility is to understand two things. I can't become worn out and pursuing the goal that God has for me. I've got to pace myself, but I've also got to understand that it's his time. It's his season. It's his timing, not mine. And then he gives us the key to everything. How? Just don't quit. Look at it right there. Just don't quit. You'll have your harvest if you do not give up, if you don't quit. If you don't stop, so don't become weary in well-doing. For in due season, if you don't quit, if you don't stop, if you don't give up, you'll have your reward. I'm telling you, most of the time in our lives, we give up and we quit way too early. We stop way too early. God is ready and he's doing and things are working, but we give up. We walk away from, we, we turn down, we let it go, and, and we're right there on the edge. But we quit. Why? Because doing good is not easy. Why? Because following Jesus is not always the easiest walk that you can take, not always the easiest journey. And this is all throughout Scripture. Not quitting, this not giving up, this, this is the key to getting your reward. If, if you want to know how to get your reward, just don't quit. The most powerful thing you can do is don't quit. The most mature thing you can do as a follower of Jesus Christ is don't quit. But I've fallen, don't quit. <laughs> but I feel like giving up, don't quit. But I'm tired, don't quit. I mean, for Abraham, the Bible says he was on a journey looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. For Moses, he was leading the nation of Israel through the desert to the promised land. For Joshua, he was leading God's people into the promised land. For Joseph, he was pursuing the dream. For David, he was killing the giants. For Nehemiah, he was building the wall. For Peter, he was walking on the water. For Paul, he was fighting the good fight and he was running the race. It's all about not becoming weary and doing well. For in due season, if you don't quit, you will have your reward. So that's what I want to talk to you about today, not quitting. If you have your Bible, turn back over, turn back to the left, to the Old Testament, to 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 3. If you don't have a, if you don't have a Bible, it's going to be on the screen for you. But 2 Kings chapter 3. About 24 months ago, I preached this message off this passage. And as I was preparing for this, I thought, man, this is where, this is the best illustration I know of Galatians 6, 9, and 10. Don't become weary in doing well, for in due season, if you don't quit, you'll have a reward. And it's just right there in Scripture. Here's what you have. You have three kings. There are three actual kings, the king of Israel, the king of Judah, and the king of Edom. 
to the king of Israel, Judah, and Edom. And they're going to deal with this rogue king of Moab, of the Moabites. And, and he is defected from basically their, their union, from, from, from their peace treaty, from their agreements. And so these three kings, the king of Israel, the king of Judah, the king of Edom, they're going to go deal with this rogue king of, of Edom. And so they, des- they decide that the best way for them to deal with him is to go directly through the desert because it's the shortest route. It's not the easiest route, but it's the shortest route. And they hit a problem. They hit a snag. So these three kings, Israel, Judah, and Edom, hit a problem. 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 9, we see the problem. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they marched around about seven days. And there was no water for the army, nor for the animals that followed them. And the king of Israel said, For alas, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. They have a problem. Their problem is they have no water. They are, the, the text tells us that they are seven days in. Why is that important? How many days can you live without water? Seven? No, three. You can go without eating for a while, but you can't. I can't, but you may be able to. But, <laughs> but, but the reality is you can only go three days without water. So get this. These three kings, their armies, their livestock, and all that goes with them march through. The plan is to go through the desert to deal with Moab, the Moab king. And they get seven days in, and they realize they're out of water. Somebody forgot to pack the aquafina. You know what I'm saying? Somebody forgot to, to pack the water. Somebody forgot to deal with this. Somebody forgot that. It doesn't matter at this point who forgot it. They're seven days into the route. So the deal is they can't just turn around and walk back out because they got a seven-day route back out. Seven days in, seven days out. They're going to die in the desert. So they're stuck. They are literally stuck. They are physically in a place where they are stuck. So when we talk about this don't quit, I want you to understand something. God's direction is not always problem-free. When we talk about not quitting, not giving up, you need to understand God's direction in your life is not always problem-free. Sometimes God will lead you into places that will put you into situations where there's no way out but Him. Sometimes God's path, His direction in your life, you're doing good and, and you're following Jesus will sometimes put you in situations that may feel like you're in harm's way, may feel like you're in a situation that you're in over your head, may feel like you're in a situation where somebody should have prepared for this. I don't know whose fault it is, but here I am. And we forget that sometimes because we think, well, you know what, if, um, well, you know, if, if I'm following God, it's all just going to fall into place. No, not necessarily. If you're following God, you may find yourselves without water in the middle of the desert. And so I think it's important for us to understand that and not confuse obstacles or closed doors with the absence of God's favor in our life. Just because a door is closed doesn't mean God's not working. He may very well be working in your life. But you don't understand, Aaron, this would be the very best thing. From your perspective, it would be. But remember, God's ways are higher than our ways. God changes the seasons and the times. God is working things out for our good. And, well, but you don't understand, man, it just seems like there's so many obstacles. I'm facing so many obstacles. My, word, my advice to you is don't become weary and well-doing for in due season, if you don't quit, you'll have your, your reward. Because sometimes following Jesus is tough. Sometimes following the things of the Bible is tough. Sometimes being a Christ follower is tough. And sometimes you feel like I've done everything I'm supposed to do. And I'm in a no-win situation. There's no way out but up. Just remember who's called you. It's God. Just remember it's his problem. Can't tell you how many times. 
leading this church over the, over the last decade plus that I've sat in the parking lot and just said, God, this is your problem. This isn't my problem. This is, this is your church. I don't own this church. This isn't a business. This isn't Aaron Cole Incorporated. This is yours. So if this comes together, it's yours. If they kick us out, it's yours. If they fire me, it's yours. I'm yours. I'm, I'm, you're stuck with me, Jesus. I'm, I'm with you wherever you want to go. But I'm just telling you, I can't do anything else. I can't get the bank to loan us money. I can't get the city to help us do this. I can't get this person to give me this. I can't make this happen. I can't make this contract happen. I can't make this subcontractor or this company do this or that. I can't do anything. I'm here. It is yours. And some of you would do well just by sitting in the driveway of your life and just saying, God, it's yours. It's all yours. See, that's the reason why I hold on to everything I have in life very, very, very loosely. Nothing wrong with having things. Just don't let things have you. God gives. God takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When God calls you to do something, it's not always easy. It's not always problem-free. That's the reason why he says don't become weary and well-doing. But God always has a plan. Look at verse 11. So Jehoshaphat, that's just a good name, isn't it? Jehoshaphat said, is there no prophet of the Lord here? that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants said to the king of Israel, and, and he answered, Elisha is here. Now what's Elisha's qualifications? Check this out. This, is, this cracks me up. He poured water on the hands of Elijah. He helped Elijah wash his hands. That's, that's all the man's done. Right? I'm just telling you. And Jehoshaphat said, but the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Now I just want you to check this out. They're in the desert seven days in. They don't have any water. They don't have anything. And all of a sudden they need to hear from God. And so they inquire, is there a man of God somewhere around? Now today you and I could call on the name of the Lord. We could call on Jesus, right? He's our great high priest in the Old Testament. Jesus had not yet come yet. That was not yet fulfilled. So they would go to a a man of God, and they would speak to the man of God who would have the word of the Lord for them. They didn't have a Bible like you have in your hands, or some of you have in your hands. I'm not pointing you out. All right, if you have it on your smartphone, that's cool, that's great, that's how I do it, but you need to have the word of God. It's free, uversion.com. Just download it and you'll be good. Okay, if you don't have a smartphone, I just gave you an excuse to get one. All right, so the reality is, is they didn't have all that. So they would inquire of, the, of, of, of um, they would get a man of God and say, what's God's will in this, this situation? We're stuck. We need God to show up. We're doing God's business and we need God to show up. So they get Elisha. And all Elisha has done is he's hung out with Elijah. Now, Elijah was like heavy. Elijah was like called down fire from heaven. Literally just. I mean, I mean, I'm just telling you, if I'd ever fall, call down fire from heaven, I, it would be all like Donkey Kong. I mean, I could sell DVDs. I'd be on a worldwide tour telling how I called fire down from heaven. I mean, the man, I mean, he's, he's, he was straight up. I mean, you read the Old Testament. There was some crazy stuff he did. And he would taunt uh, these other prophets that would, that would follow these false gods and would just show miraculous signs. And he was a great, powerful man of God. And so they say, well, Elisha has poured water. Help, help Elijah wash his, wash his hands. That's good enough. Do you understand how low on the totem pole that is? Right? It'd be like, hey, we need a man of God. Well, could we, we could get like the, the, the maintenance director and, and, and he, he, you know, he, he washed the pastor's car one time and he could help. That's kind of what that's like. Do you understand what I'm saying? So all of a sudden, 
They go, but the Lord's with them. Okay, that's great. Because these guys are desperate. And then look what happens. So let me stop here and say this. God always has a solution. That's what I want you to understand. God always has a solution. It may not come from places that you think it should, but God always has a solution. He always has a solution. Whatever the problem that you're in. When you're, when you're becoming weary and well-doing, he always has a solution. Just trust him. Just trust him. So what's the solution? Let's read on in verse 15. So Elisha now is on the scene. Now bring me a musician. And when it happened, when the musician played, that the hand of the Lord came upon him. There's something powerful when you begin to worship the Lord. That's the reason why the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. So like worship time is not a time for just filler time. It's not a time to get everybody into their seat for the 10-minute miracle to happen at Life Church. Because in 10 minutes, this room fills up. And worship time is a time that we allow God to begin to move because that's where he moves. Just a thought. It's in the Bible. Don't email me. Just talk to God. All right. And then verse 16. And he said, thus say the word of the Lord. Make this valley, this desert, full of ditches. Verse 17. For the Lord says, you shall not see the wind. Nor shall you see the rain, yet the valley will be filled with water. Because that's what they needed, right? They needed water, they, they, so you can bring it water. So that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. Look at verse 18. I love this. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. Oh, and FYI, PSS, he will deliver the hand of the Moabites into your hand. Just by the way, just thought I'd tell you that. I'm out. This is one of those moments. I'm like, Wow. Like this man of God comes on, the musicians begin to play, and the word of the Lord comes upon him, and he gives him the word of the Lord and says that God will deliver you, that God will take care of you, that right here in your need, right here in this moment of need, this will happen. That's where we get a principle from Scripture, that preparation always precedes provision. Preparation, we've been talking about this. We talked about last weekend. Preparation precedes provision. When you work in the winter, when you, when you work in seed time, when you work in the night, when, 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 you, when you work in the cold, that God will bring forth the harvest, that God will bring forth the summer, that God will bring forth the heat, that God will bring forth the day, because preparation always precedes provision. It's what we talked about last weekend. Genesis 8, 22. For, for as long as this earth shall endure, there shall be seed time and harvest, winter and summer, cold and heat, day and night, for as long as the earth shall endure. And so he tells them, here's what I want you to do. He said, I want you to dig ditches. I want you to fill this valley full of ditches. And so this preparation, this, this work is going to precede the provision of God. Now, Josh, can you help me and bring, Josh is going to bring me a shovel. Y'all give Josh a big hand. Josh brings me a shovel. Woo! Thank you, Josh. All right. Now, this is real spiritual. I hope you're really taking notes on this. You might need to get a picture of this. This is a shovel, because you had not seen one in a while. And uh, this is a shovel. I just got it from, I don't know, it was out of my garage. So it's actually been used. I think, Timmy, you, you got like a mouse out of the basement with this, right? So there may be some mouse guts still left on there. Anyhow, it's a shovel, okay? That's all it is, simple shovel, wooden handle, shovel. That's all it is. Here's what he tells them to do. What I want you to do is... I don't want you to become weary and well-doing. For in due season, if you don't quit digging the ditch, you're going to have your reward. That's what he's saying. He was just many years ahead of his time. He said, look, what I want you to do is I want you to go, and you're not going to see the wind. You're not going to see the rain. You're just going to dig the ditch. 
You're going to get every guy you can. You're going to dig the ditch. And you're going to keep digging the ditch. And you're going to dig, and you're going to dig, and you're going to dig. And there's going to be a moment where you're going to be tired. Don't stop. Just keep digging. There's going to be a moment where the sweat's going to come off your brow. Just wipe it off and keep digging. There's going to be a moment where your back's going to start hurting. Just pop a couple of Advils and keep digging. Because you're not going to see the wind. You're not going to see the rain. You're not going to hear the wind. You're not going to hear the rain. You're going to work in silence. But it's in the silence where the work is going to be done. Because you're just going to keep digging a ditch. And you're going to dig a ditch. And one day you're going to stop. And one moment you're going to stop and you're going to look up because you've not become weary and doing well because it's going to be hard work to dig that ditch and you're going to feel like quitting by digging that ditch and you're going to feel like you're all alone sometimes digging that ditch and it's going to be hard work digging that ditch but you're not going to give up because you're not going to you're not going to become weary and well-doing for in due season if you don't quit digging the ditch you're going to have your reward which is water that's what he tells them And I'm telling you today, to see the things of God happen in your life, it's going to take work. We talked about that last weekend. But if you won't quit digging the ditch, if you won't quit putting your hand to the plow, if you'll keep digging and you'll keep digging and you'll keep digging and the moments where you want to quit, you just keep digging and the days that you go, it's not worth it, you just keep digging and the moments that you feel like nobody cares, you just keep digging and you feel like, man, the world is getting worse, you keep digging, but I'm following you, God, but it's getting worse, you keep digging and you feel tired, you keep digging, you feel alone, you keep digging, you feel like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling and nobody's listening to you, but you know the Bible says that God hears the prayers of a righteous person they avail as much. So you keep digging and you keep digging because you're not going to see the wind. You're not going to see the rain. It's not going to all of a sudden as you begin to dig that you're going to see the weather change. You're not going to begin to feel the wind and the coolness of the breeze. No, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hot. It's going to be laborious, but you're going to keep digging the ditch and you're going to dig the ditch and you're not digging it for anybody else. You're not digging it for the applause of man. You're not digging it for people to see you. You're not digging it to be famous. You're not digging it to be significant. You're digging it because that's what God told you to do. And he also told you not to become weary in doing this. But man, it's hard sometimes, isn't it? Your hands get callous sometimes, don't they? You, you just want to give up sometimes, don't you? Those calluses begin to bleed sometimes. And you just have to wipe them off and you just keep digging. And the sweat comes down. And you look around and go, man, maybe there's an easier way of doing this. No, that's not what the Word of God said. He said to keep digging the ditch. And digging the ditch. I just keep digging the ditch. I'm going to dig a hole in this platform in a minute. Just keep digging the ditch and just keep digging the ditch. And he said, you won't see the wind. You won't hear the rain. But you will look up. And that valley will be filled full of water. Now, that's crazy. You're not going to see the wind. You're not going to see the rain. But it's going to happen. Yeah. Because God's not a man that he would lie. That desert, God will do something there. And this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to act in faith. He wants us to trust him. He wants us to act in faith, to dig the ditch, and trust him to do what only he can do, which is the miraculous. Because some of you, the ditch you're digging is you're praying for a lost loved one, and you're digging that ditch. Some of you, it's a debt. Maybe you caused it. You're digging that ditch. Some of you, it's your kids. You're digging that ditch. Some of you, it's a business that God told you to start, and you feel like you're drowning in debt. You're digging that ditch. Some of you, it's a ministry that God's putting your heart and your life to, and you're digging that ditch. Some of you, God's called you into vocational ministry, and you're trying to make changes and transitions. You just keep digging that ditch. Some of you, you're in a marriage, and you know that you were called to marry this person. You know that God blessed you with them, but things have changed, and life has changed. That person has changed, and life is hard, and you feel like your marriage is just digging a ditch. 
And I'm telling you, God just wants you to do what you can do and let him do what only he can do. You dig the ditch and you let him take care of the rain. You dig the ditch and you let, ta- let him take care of the wind. You dig the ditch and you let him take care of the provision because your preparation, your hard work, you're not becoming weary and well-doing. Will, you're going to receive your reward if you don't quit. And here's the, here's the thing about digging ditches is, is God didn't just call us for a season. He called us for a reason. And many of you, you say, man, it's crazy to dig ditches. Like, like th- there's no guarantee. What if it doesn't work? You're crazy, Aaron, to take that risk. You may, somebody may tell you, you're crazy to follow that call. Some of you say, you're crazy to still believe that God answers prayer. No, I just believe that God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Malachi 3 says that God changes not. And so his word tells me that if I won't become weary and well-doing, if I'll keep digging the ditch, if I won't quit digging the ditch, if I'll just keep digging the ditch, that I'll see my reward, that it will happen. The, the, the race is not to the swift. The race is not to the strong, but it's to the one that endures to the end. Romans 5, 3 says that person through tribulations and trials and temptations comes perseverance. What's perseverance? Perseverance is the ability to fight with one hand and to be patient with the other. And that perseverance is going to develop character in me. That character is in something that has to be developed. You're not born with character. And that character is going to give me a hope. And what this hope does, it gives me a perspective that does not disappoint, but brings me to my destiny. That's what Romans 5, 3 says. So I'm going to keep digging this ditch, whether anybody applauds me. I'm going to keep digging this ditch, whether anybody notices me. I'm going to keep trusting what God said, whether it takes a day or a week or a month or a year or a decade. I'm going to keep digging the ditch. And I don't care if you call me crazy. I don't care what you think. I just know that God says that if I won't become weary in digging this ditch, if I'll just keep digging this ditch, if I'll just keep going after what he's called me to do, that there will be a day that I will look up and I won't see the wind and I won't see the rain, but all of a sudden the valley will be filled full of ditches. And I'm just telling you, in this day and age, sometimes in Christianity, we stop and say, well, that's just kind of crazy. That's hyper charismatic. Is it really? I'm glad nobody told Jerry Jones not to dig a ditch because he built a $1.1 billion football stadium in Dallas, Texas, where there'll be a bunch of grown men on Sunday that will run around in spandex and chase a pigskin. I'm glad nobody told him that. I'm bad. glad nobody told MTV that they can't spend squillions of dollars to pump filth into our kids when we can't, we can't build a church that glorifies the name of Jesus, that lists high the name of Jesus, and we can't open the doors to have a kid's fest like we did on Halloween night. Woo, somebody don't shout me down when I preaching good. Hey, I'm glad somebody didn't tell Oprah Winfrey it was crazy that she she could go from one show, and I'm not hating on Oprah, to to an entire network that covers the world. My Bible says that that the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Here's what I'm telling you is, there's a day in your life that God speaks to your heart, and he begins to tell you what to do, and it's not flamboyant. It's not, it's not, it's not great. It's, it's, it's not, it's not the most appealing work in the world, but he tells you to dig a ditch, and he tells you you're not going to see anything on the outside that's going to communicate or tell you what to do, but all of a sudden, if you'll be faithful, if you won't become weary and well-doing, if you won't quit in due season, at due time, at his time, according to Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, you will see your reward. Look at verse 20. Look at what it says in verse 20. And the ditches were filled. The water came. The miracle came. And three kings and their, re- and their regimes And their men and their livestock all drink. If you read the rest of the story, they go on and they deal with the the rogue king of Moab. And they overcome. Why? Don't become weary in doing good. For in due season, if you don't quit, you'll have your reward. They just kept digging the ditch. Digging the ditch. Digging the ditch. 
They weren't moved by emotion. They just kept digging the ditch. And I want to show you something that's in this passage. And I think it's important to understand. Because here's where the disconnect happens with us as church people. If you're not a church person, maybe you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're not a church person. I love you. But I just want you, I just want to talk for the church people. Because we like to feel it. Feel it. F-E-E-L-I-T. Feel it. And it's in services like this where the Lord begins to show up and begins to move. Things begin to happen in your heart. But the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's the reason why when you're here, you go, man, I just feel like it's. And I get out there and I just feel like, here I feel powerful and strong. And middle of the week, I just feel weak. And I want you to notice what happens in that scripture. When Elisha, when the man of God says, bring me a musician. Can, can you pray, play just a little louder? And they begin to play. And so, and, and you begin to hear these songs. And it does something to you. Because music begins to change you from the inside out. And the music begins to play. And all of a sudden, man, you begin to just focus on Jesus. That's why we lead and we sing. It's what he did. He, in the middle of that desert... I don't know what he did. I don't know if he brought a band in. I don't know if he flew him in on a helicopter, had a jump jet. I don't know what he did. But he brought him in. And we start hearing these songs. And, and it's, like, it's like this one. I need you more. You know, you know that song? More than yesterday, I need you more. And all of a sudden, the word of the Lord begins to come. More than words can say, I need you more than ever before I need you more I need you more right and we begin to sing and it takes us to that place and all of a sudden God shows up but then all of a sudden it stops the music stops and when the music stops that's when he says now it's time to dig <laughs> you notice that that's the time to dig the ditch and we want to go back to the music come ahead guys play play again right if I had music playing while I'm digging the ditch, that's good. I got an audience. I, got, I can just keep digging and digging, right? But that's not what happens. The music is playing and it's playing and the word of the Lord begins to come. Then all of a sudden the music stops. And when it stops, that's what's time to dig the ditch. <laughs> dig the ditch. Dig the ditch. And you think back to the times when the music was playing, Right? You're singing more than yesterday, I need you more, oh Lord. More than words can say, I need you more, right? And it just fills you, doesn't it? Than ever before, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. More than the air I breathe, more than the air I breathe. More than the song I sing, more than the next heartbeat. Oh, Lord, more than anything, and Lord, it's, but it doesn't play while you're working, does it? it just, you just keep digging the ditch, digging the ditch. And here's what I want you to understand, is that the work often happens in the silence. Don't be discouraged. The work of God often, often happens in the silence. It's not when the music is playing. 
and God's showing up and God begins to speak to our hearts, it's in the moments where it's just completely silent. And it's just you on Monday morning in your car and you're having to live out the message that you got on Saturday evening. And you think back to the times where the music was playing and it takes you back to that point and all of a sudden it stops and it's Thursday afternoon and you're having a conference call with that favorite client that you have that you really want to try to avoid. And you realize you're just digging the ditch and you're digging the ditch. And then you think back to when the music is playing and the word of God comes forward. And then all of a sudden you stop and you got to pick up the kids from soccer practice because that's where you live, right? You don't live at church, neither do I. But that's where the work is done. The work isn't done in the presence of God. That's where the word is spoken. The work is done. The digging of the ditch happens in the silence when nobody else is around. That's the reason why he says you're not going to see the wind. You're not going to see the rain. There's not going to be anything that's going to change on the outside around you. You just keep digging the ditch. You don't become weary in doing good because in due season, if you don't quit, you'll have your reward. You'll have your reward. So whatever you do, if you want to have the reward that God's put in your heart to do, if you want to have the reward... My advice to you, according to scripture, is don't give up. Don't give up. And here's how I want to end today. I want the band to, they're going to do this song. They're going to lead us in this song in just a minute. But I think there's some of you here in this place, you're discouraged. And you've been digging a ditch and your back is hurting and the sweat's coming down and you're wondering if it's worth it and you just want to walk away, you just want to quit. And I'm just telling you, don't quit. Don't quit. Whatever you do, don't quit. Don't quit. Why? Because Galatians 6, 9, 6, 9 says that don't become weary in doing well. For in due season, if you don't quit, you'll have your reward. Maybe you're here today and you're like, man, Aaron, I don't feel like quitting. But I'm telling you, it's getting tough. It's getting tough. And it's in those silences at those moments. It's getting tough. And, and you just, I just need strength. I want to pray for you today. And maybe today you need a word from God. You need God to speak to your heart. God's the same today, yesterday, and forever. And the same reason why Elisha brought the musician in and began to play that opens up the heavens so that the word of the Lord begins to come is the same reason why we do it today. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you. And then I'm going to ask you to do something. If you feel like quitting, I'm going to ask you to meet me at the front. If you feel like giving up, I'm going to ask you to move from where you are and come and kneel. You might, you might, and you, you, you know, you ever, we all know what altars are. If you've been to church at all, it doesn't matter what kind of church you've been to, you know what an altar is. But some of the churches you've been to, the altars are right there in the seat. And if you feel comfortable destroying your seat and making your seat into an altar, that's fine with me. But for me, change of place plus change of pace equals change of perspective. It happens to me when I have to get up from my seat and I have to say, it's me, God, it's me. I feel like quitting today. God, it's me. I need strength today. God, it's me. I need to hear from you today. And something begins to happen when we move, when we physically take up the shovel and we begin to dig the ditch. And so I'm going to ask you, if that's you, when I finish my prayer, I'm going to ask you, maybe while I'm praying for you to move from your seat, to come and find a place of prayer along the front. I'm going to come and pray with you. The staff's going to come and pray with you. I'm going to invite prayer partners to come and pray with you. And we're not going to just 
we're not going to talk to you. We're just going to lay our hands on your back and we're going to pray for you. And I believe God's going to give you strength to not quit, to not quit, to not quit what he's called you to do. Father, I just thank you today in the name of Jesus, Lord, for what you're doing. I thank you today, Lord, for the strength that we have in you. I thank you for the joy that we have in you. God, I thank you, Lord. And I know there are people here that feel like quitting today. God, I know there are people here that feel, Lord, like they, they just feel exhausted. Lord, even as I'm praying right now, there are people that are moving from their seat and they're coming, Lord, and they're saying, God, I need you. I need to hear from you. Lord, I need strength. God, I just pray that you would meet us here in these next few moments, that you would give us strength. God, you would give us, Lord, Lord, renew the vision. God, renew the call. Lord, just let the Holy Spirit come in once again. We know we're not going to see the wind or the rain, but we ask, oh God, that you'd meet us here in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer, if you feel like quitting, if you need strength, if you need a word from God, I want to ask you to move from where you are right now as Nando and the band comes and leads us in some songs.